visited the podcast. This episode with Kristen Miskelly, entitled Meadowmaker, is being sponsored by Symbiop, a company for people and planet. Symbiop Garden Shop and Landscaping is delighted to be sponsoring this edition of Nature Revisited, the podcast featuring Kristen Miskelly from Satinflower Nurseries. Symbiop is a worker-owned cooperative located in Portland, Oregon. We specialize in regenerative ecological landscaping services such as design, installation, maintenance of landscapes that mitigate climate change, restore native habitats, and produce abundant food. We also have a garden shop that sells native plants, edible plants, climate-resilient plants, gardening supplies, and locally made artisanal goods. Our slogan is for people and planet, which reflects our triple bottom line mission. This means we strive to create social and ecological benefits as much as or more than financial benefit. You can learn more about Symbiop by visiting our website, symbiop.com. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O-P.com. Again, Symbiop is proud to be sponsoring this episode of Nature Revisited with our good friend, Kristen Miskelly. Kristen Miskelly is the co-owner of Satin Flower Nurseries in British Columbia. Kristen is also a trained biologist who specializes in the botany and ecology of southeastern Vancouver Island. She joins me today to talk about conservation, restoration, and native plants. Kristen, are you originally from the Vancouver Island? And what were some of your interests growing up? Thanks for having me, Stefan. I appreciate it so much. So I am actually originally from Ontario. I was born in Welland and I spent a lot of time as a child in Welland going back and forth, especially during summers. And Welland is on the Niagara Peninsula, close to Niagara Falls. I also lived outside of Toronto in Aurora, Ontario for high school. I moved to Vancouver Island when I was 18. I went on a road trip with a friend and I didn't come back. I've always had really diverse interests. As a kid, I was fascinated definitely by nature, but I had really wide-ranging interests and always fantasize about things I would do when I was older, of course. And one of those was owning and working in a fruit store that also sold jewelry. So actually our native plant nursery isn't that far off in some ways. And I always really felt ambitious and wanted to work. And then through high school, I owned a small cleaning business. That's how I made do. And I had a a specific interest in psychology, and I really was super passionate about that and ended up going to the University of Ottawa following high school, feeling passionate about everything from art, music, nature, and even things that are more mundane. You know, these diverse range of interests and skills Ultimately, I have found that they are useful in the nursery because a nursery 
isn't just growing native plants. You really do utilize and need to utilize a range of skills that includes like a passion for nature, but there's also a whole lot of other things that go into that kind of work. So why did you become a biologist? And when did you first become interested in native plants? I became a biologist because it truly is a way to spend a lifetime learning about nature and being in nature when you're at work and also when you're not. I was always interested in plants, but it was unfocused. My grandma and mom would show me plants as a child. Sometimes we would even go to different plant nurseries. I remember growing cucumber with my grandpa and him showing me rose cuttings and connections to nature. So these experiences with my grandparents, doing things like looking at fireflies or going for walks or even hiding away in the attic, looking at old photos, all inspired this longing to learn more about nature. When I got older, I had more and more of these outdoor experiences. So I had moved to Victoria. I was living in places where I didn't have electricity, even places without running water and would spend lots of time engaging in nature because of that. There's a small town called Otter Point outside of Victoria. And one of the neighbors saw that I was always outside looking at plants. And she graciously gave me a copy of Plants of Coastal BC. And it introduced this sort of like concept of their being native plants. From there, I started working on farms in Michosin and connecting with some of the kind of elderly community who had a lot of experience with nature. They taught me so much. I worked as farmhands and did other tasks for them. Ultimately, went back to school. I was in psychology at the time, and I took a biology class and was introduced to these concepts about naming different organisms, animals and plants. I basically became obsessed with that and as soon as I understood that that longing I had had as a child to learn more and be connected to nature could be part of this thing called biology and you could become a biologist, I just couldn't believe it. And from there that I just never looked back and dove into the world of biology. So how did that career as a biologist lead you and your husband to open a nursery. So James, my husband, was already a working biologist when we opened the nursery. And I was more of a student biologist when we started. I, I did have lots of field experience through field courses, spending time hiking and things like that. But after grad school, the nursery is actually the career I started almost immediately. I was working with other groups and agencies with biology work, like the Cowich and Gary Oak Preserve or Nature Conservancy of Canada and Gary Oak Ecosystems Recovery Team. 
that helped hone some of my skills as a biologist. But most of my career as a biologist has been as part of the nursery. So when did you open Satin Flower Nurseries? And just how important are native plants to where you live and to where everyone else lives? We opened the nursery in 2013 at Halliburton Farm, a community farm in Saanich, which is just outside of Victoria. Native plants are just so fundamentally important for ecosystem health, conserving biodiversity. They really are the building blocks of ecosystems, not only for their inherent worth, but key to protecting and supporting wildlife. And in many ways, kind of form the backbone of ecosystem restoration. But there's also this respect for unique habitats and ecosystems that wherever you live, you are a part of. And native plants and promoting native plants are a way of not only restoring those unique habitats, but also respecting them. And tied into that is a respect for Indigenous peoples and communities where native plants can also serve incredibly important roles in terms of culture and food systems and spiritual roles. I also always like to think about what we're leaving for future generations and how important native plants are to local ecosystems and to the experiences of future generations. So one of your main initiatives at the nursery is a program called Meadow Makers. How did you get interested in the meadows and how did you connect with the Indigenous people of the area to make that all happen? So the, our nursery has always tried to connect in a meaningful way with Indigenous communities of our region. We're always thinking about developing relationships with the Indigenous peoples whose territory we are on. And so throughout the life of the nursery, we have partnered on many different kinds of projects and workshops and initiatives with community. And Meadowmakers is an extension of that, where in honoring our local ecosystems, we are part of Prairie Oak ecosystems that are an eco-cultural ecosystem. There have been land management activities by Indigenous peoples that have helped steward these ecosystems that make up Southern Vancouver Island for millennia. In restoring these ecosystems, those relationships with Indigenous peoples is incredibly important and absolutely essential to the recovery of habitats and also the recovery of relationships with people to ecosystems. And Meadowmakers is a program that we developed to help restore meadow habitat 
we developed it in partnership with Pollinator Partnership Canada and some help also with the city of Victoria and Indigenous partners who have helped develop some of the content and delivery of what we offer in the program. Meadowmakers is all about looking to our local ecosystems to inspire the kind of plantings that should be part of the plantings around our homes within our urban environment. And so we encourage people to convert spaces like yards and boulevards and rain gardens into native plant meadows using species of Gary Oak ecosystems. We had a lot of success in the first year. We saw 100 participants, and it's a seven-month program, so we're actually still in the program right now. How can somebody find out more about Meadowmakers? Of course, have information on our website, that's satinflower.ca. Pollinator Partnership Canada has a Meadowmakers page on their website. And then we also post to our social media. So we use Facebook and Instagram. So you say that Satinflower Nurseries, one of their focuses is on the restoration of the prairie oak ecosystems. Can you describe the prairie oak and how it is different from other ecosystems? On southeastern Vancouver Island, we are in the rain shadow of the Olympic Mountain Range. This ultimately has given rise to a semi-Mediterranean climate here. So we see mild winters and very dry summers in concert with our region being part of an ecocultural ecosystem that has been influenced for thousands of years by Indigenous land management, and especially the role of fire, has ultimately lent itself to unique ecosystems that we call Gary Oak or Prairie Oak. They occur in British Columbia along the southeastern strip of Vancouver Island and then extend south. They really are a whole range of flora that makes up Gary Oak that can have Gary Oak trees but doesn't necessarily always have Gary Oak trees. Gary Oak ecosystems support many plant species, many of which are rare and they do hold a lot of endangered species, unfortunately, because of loss to these habitats. For Indigenous peoples, these ecosystems are essential to cultural and physical and spiritual well-being. It's important to reflect on those long-standing relationships. Also, the variety of land management techniques that Indigenous peoples use that can inform restoration now. I think it's really important to listen to Indigenous people about restoration. I personally have learned so much through listening. One of the most important things I have learned is about type of relationship you can have with the natural world, one that is respectful and that shows the natural world care and 
offer sort of a different perspective on the types of relationships people can have with the natural world. So what are some of the challenges that you face, both ecologically and culturally, in the Vancouver Island area? We are in a very desirable place. It has mild winter temperatures. It's beautiful. That means a lot of development pressures and population pressures where a lot of people are moving here. And that means people need places to shop and to live. And that ultimately leads to a lot of degradation of local ecosystems. We're also confronted with non-native invasive species. And also I see sort of this decline in basic natural history knowledge and experience that means that people aren't as attached and knowledgeable about nature. And there can be a disregard in a sense of what is being lost. With these losses of habitat, there are extreme losses for Indigenous communities. These perspectives that include plants and animals being relatives means a deep sense of loss and grief when species are lost. There's also places that are spiritual for Indigenous communities that are lost because of this development. One of the things I really liked about your website is the word meadow. And meadow is not a word that we use much down here in the U.S. Describe to us what a meadow is and how is it different from other habitats? So a meadow is a habitat type that is dominated by herbaceous vegetation and also unique soil types that lead to an open structure that can have a rich diversity of plants and associated animals. It's a word that we use thinking about the word prairie as well. The first European settlers to this region in written documentation actually used the words prairie and plains to describe local vegetation. Nowadays, it's a difficult word, prairie, for people to really relate to because how much of the open prairie has been lost and we're left with fragments of what was here. There are historical records and oral histories that describe open land on the mainland as well, but it's less known than what is known for southern Vancouver Island. But there are names like Sumas Prairie, for example, that describe open lands in the Fraser Valley as well. As we've talked about before, satin flower nurseries is more than just growing native plants. And we've talked about the meadow makers, but what are some of the other programs that you are focused on? Growing plants is one part of the work that we do, but developing programs is 
definitely a huge passion for us. Our our slogan is actually helping you help nature. So that's really how we see it. So the plants themselves are tools to help. We always try to combine how we make native plants and seeds available with education and outreach. We think that the combination of skills with plants are how relationships with the plants are strengthened and also lead to success of. So we work with a lot of different partners and we're very passionate about collaboration. A lot of the projects that we develop are not done in isolation. To the contrary, we find that these partnerships are really beneficial and continue to do lots of different workshops and talks and events and programs related to native plants, growing native plants, wildlife, pollinators, ecosystem restoration. What is the HIAM project? The HIAM project is a project that we work and collaborate with, with Squalwin Botanicals, with Lee Joseph, who is the owner of the company. Squalwin Botanicals is an Indigenous owned and operated business that focuses on reciprocal relationships with the land using native plants and other plant products to develop self-care products. Lee and I have been partnering to connecting Indigenous seeds with Indigenous communities. Lee is Squamish First Nation and she has helped develop the name of the Hyam Project, which means plants that lead us home or return home. She chose that name to signify what it means to bring Indigenous plants back onto the land. That's how she describes that. What we do is we take a plant that is culturally relevant and then we create seed packets that in tandem with education are distributed to community free of charge. So far we have honored National Indigenous Peoples Day and National Indigenous History Month with these seed packets and this year for non-Indigenous folks people could come and purchase a packet and for every packet that was purchased one was distributed back into community. I visited your website a number of times and I'm very impressed with the team that you have at Satin Flower Nurseries. How have you been able to employ such a diverse staff? Well, thank you. I'm impressed with our team too. I am proud of our team. I think we have an amazing team of knowledgeable people. People come to an interest in native plants from a lot of different backgrounds and perspectives. And really when we are hiring, our top priority is the passion for native plants and nature. Having a diversity of people means that we have a range of experiences that bring different perspectives to the work that we do and to the projects that we do. What I find is that the more diverse 
of a team we have, the more of a welcoming space that we create. It's not something where we, oh, we have our diverse team and that's where we stop. It really is a continuous process, requires continuous action, and we still have a lot of work to do to ensure that we're creating a welcoming and safe place for a diversity of people. So do you have any new ideas or programs that you might share with us about what you're looking at down the road? Yes. We have a lot on the go right now. We are actually opening a second location this spring in Machosen. We will maintain our existing location, but open a second location. But it means we have a lot of work ahead of us. We need to establish all of the basic infrastructure like irrigation and move our seed field rows and all sorts of things. And so this is actually something we've been working on for the past couple of years, but we don't open the Machosen location until this spring. We'll also be going into season two of Meadowmakers next year, and we're going to be expanding our native seed production areas, and always wanting to grow more species. Maintain enough of the plants that we're already growing, but there's so many plants that we we want to start growing into the future as well. So satin flower nurseries, as we've talked about, it works with a lot of different groups and different cultures. Share again why that connection is so important. We partner with local nations on uh, a range of projects and initiatives. And that has been ongoing since we started the nursery in 2013. Some of the relationships include coming together at our nursery location to grow plants and co-develop workshops where we invite the general public, as well as community members to learn about different plants. And these workshops are done usually with someone from the nursery who may or may not be Indigenous, and then a partner from a local nation who helps bring their skill set and perspectives to the workshops. So some of those have been focused around different species. So for example, we have done a number of Nooka Rose workshops with Bianca Elliott from Sartlet First Nation. So that includes Wasanich perspectives on harvesting and what is appropriate for harvesting. We look at the ecological roles of Nooka Rose. And then we go on with an exercise with Nooka Rose. So we have made rose hip jam, for example, and tie in all of the principles that we had been talking about. Fostering respect for what was here prior to colonization and the impacts of colonialism has to come through education and partnerships. Native plants and ecosystems that we celebrate, they have a context in people's lives and the entire landscape that for Indigenous cultures here is a food system of plant relatives that 
are to be respected. For non-Indigenous peoples, working with Native plants and working towards reconciliation, Native plants can be a really important part of that. Being able to work along with community at the nursery has made the nursery such a better place and to fulfill our mission as a native plant nursery. We've also had the opportunity with Indigenous employees who bring so much to the nursery so that perspectives are shared, views of the plants that a non-Indigenous perspective cannot bring in the same way in a more holistic way and from a multitude of views and perspectives. Satin flower nurseries and all that it entails, what does it mean to you personally and what motivates you? The nursery means everything to me. I just sleep, eat and breathe the nursery. That's the truth. I just love native plants and it is what I think about all of the time, I am just completely motivated because of my love for native plants and nature. The motivation is never an issue. <laughs> There's times that are difficult or challenging, but having the support of the community and the people around me and interest from people like you, things like what we're doing today are so motivating. People showing up to a native plant nursery are incredible people. There is a filter that happens. It's like as soon as someone is seeking out a native plant nursery or wanting to help nature, I can't help but come into that relationship already with a sense of respect. The work that people are doing with our plants is just so motivating. So that means I can go around town or receive an email with feedback from somebody with a photo of a project that they're working on. And it is just so rewarding to see our native plants and native seeds going out into the world and making a difference. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kristen Muskelly. If you would like to learn more about what Kristen is doing, please visit satinflowers.ca. Nature Revisited would also like to thank Symbiop for sponsoring this episode. And if you are interested in sponsoring an episode, do visit our website. And please, Share Nature Revisited with family, friends, and colleagues. You can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, or on our website, nordenproductions.com. That's Norden, N-O-O-R-D-E-N, productions.com. The music is Pink Floyd. Is there anybody out there? Nature Revisited is produced by Stefan Van Orden and Charles Gagan. And I hope you will join us for the next edition of Nature Revisited. And in the meantime, remember, we are nature.